Um, and, and today I just want to speak to us in the time that I have about faith like a digger. Faith like a digger, you know, like a digger. Faith I was in Krava. I didn't couldn't find the right word for, for faith in Dutch, so I just said I speak I know you know. Faith like an Krava. I don't know, it just doesn't sound right. It doesn't click. I had it, I had it, I had it. It just didn't click. But the faith like an Krava, you know? It's 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 um you know, I know, I know, I know, I did the, I did the translation also in my head, but it just doesn't sound right in the spirit. That's all, that's all. Nothing wrong with the dacha. There's <laughs> just nothing wrong. It's just something, but you, you get what I mean, huh? And, and so, that, that's just what I want to talk about. It, it comes out of the fact that we, we have been talking about faith, and um, I, I, I still have a sermon that I, that I need to... To, to, to land at one day, but in between, God has been just pointing me to, to particular things that, that need to be touched as we speak. And so, one of those things was born that a few months ago, a few months ago, my, my parents said, we're struggling with having clean, fresh water in the house. And it's, I mean, it, it's something that, that strikes me because my parents live in the city. Right? They live in the city. And normally cities, I mean, when I grew up, when the water was not there, we said there was a problem. Today, when the water is there, people are saying, what has happened? I mean, and I see Elton is smiling at the back because we grew up in, you know, we had electricity 24-7. Just like here. So, so now when I look at, when I look at a lot of the, the, the kids back where I come from, I come from Zimbabwe, and, and they are so happy when electricity comes, it's, it's amazing. It amazes me, because it says the, how backward we have gone, rather than forward. And, and so my parents say they, they're struggling with clean water, so I say, what have you been doing? And they say, well, you know, I, 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 she works for government. She worked for government, she just retired. I've been working for government and every once in a while they allow me to carry a big tank load of water and bring it over to my house. So they come and give the water. But soon I'll be retiring and we will have a problem because that's a privilege they give me today. And I'm thinking it's the most weird of privileges. <laughs> but it is a privilege. And soon I will not have the privilege because I take my pension and I decide to stop working. I've had enough of all the chaos, so I stopped working and just, just go do other things at home. My dad retired also at the beginning of the year, and he also had a, a government house somewhere where they had water without having to worry about city water. But, and so now he says, we're faced with this thing. So, so, we start, so we start this conversation with my wife because for me it just doesn't make sense to be drilling a borehole where the government is supposed to be providing water. That's one. Secondly, it doesn't make sense the selfishness of people that somebody within the street does have a ball which could supply the whole street or the whole neighborhood but chooses to say no it's just for myself it just doesn't make sense to me so so okay we, we start this journey and the, the we get quotations and these guys are charging ridiculous amounts of money. So I call my friend and my friend says, that's how things are. <laughs> you know, it's, okay, it's fine, we have to pay this huge bill. Um, and so the guy comes in and, and he does, he's, this one guy comes in who's called a surveyor or a sighter. That's what they call them in the language, right? And, and he comes with his instruments and a laptop and a printer and he, he checks around and checks around the, the, the place and then says to my, to my dad, there are three places by which you could get water. I said, well, praise God, there are three. I was thinking, because when we were building this house, the place was rock all over the place. So I was thinking, how are they, are they, they going to do this? And the guy says, don't worry, we, we find that we can tell you the, the way the rock structure is underneath. And I'm saying, so what did he do? And says, well, the guy was just standing there with a bunch of gadgets and he's doing it and he produces a report. 
that talks about the stratification of the rock layers under the ground. I mean, I'm not an engineer. This is a bit too far away from me. If you ask me about bacteria, I can tell you how bacteria can survive that stratification. But how the stratification is made, it's, it's, it's somewhere away from me. So there's rock layers and soft layers and rock layers and soft layers. And, and the guy says, I found three spots that are good for you to dig. Okay, that's good. To drill. And, and so... They, 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 they come on the day now to do the drilling. And the guy now has to do, again, just another check to find a, 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 the best spot. And then he picks a spot. And on the spot that he picks, they now have to remove. See, when I grew up as well, we didn't need to close the gate of our yard. And, and now, if you go to Zimbabwe, people have gates as high. You know? And on top of it, they put all kinds of bottles and barbed wires and electricity. You know, I mean, I've seen people with that, you know? Who, so, and they ask, ask themselves, some guy who does this as a bin says, well, if the guy is able to cut the wires, at least the glass will catch it. Say, so, oh, and what happens if he's able to clear off the glass? Says, well, at least there's a barbed wire behind. You know, this is... <laughs> so, so, so now they have to deal with how is this huge truck going to get to the spot where they need to dig? <laughs> and my dad is a lover of trees. He's also apparently got also behind the fence, he's also got a lot of, it was thick like this, I basically grew up with it, thick like this, of his hedge. Because he says, well, they, they might be able to jump, but it's hard for them to get through the hedge. Now, the, the, <laughs> So now these guys have to deal with the hedge. So eventually they had to pluck out all those trees as well to get their truck in for them to get water. And I'm listening to all this story and, and I'm, I'm, I'm amazed and I'm, I'm bewildered by what is going on. And then one day, one day, along, the, along all these, these things that's going on, I get to Genesis chapter 26. I get to Genesis chapter 26. And in Genesis chapter 26, you hear the story of, of a guy called Isaac. Now Isaac is Abraham's son. When you go to the... It is very striking that when you go to Hebrews chapter 11, where they talk about people of faith. Don't, don't, don't worry, don't go to Hebrews, just, just stay here. When they talk about people of faith, in, in that chapter... The only thing that's really mentioned about Isaac in his faith was the fact that he pronounced a blessing upon Jacob. That was his faith, to pronounce a blessing upon his son. They don't talk about anything else. They talk about Abraham, the father of faith, believing hope without hope and why he was old, but he believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. And if you, if you can trust God and believe that God is, God is a reward of them that diligently seek him. They're talking all this about Abraham. And, and then after Abraham, they talk about Jacob and how Jacob left his country and went away and then he came back again. And you know, how he's changed to, from Jacob to Israel. And, you know, and, and there's, there's a little bit more about Jacob. Not as elaborate as Abraham. But Isaac is just one verse, one sentence. Everywhere else where they talk about Isaac, it's in reference to Abraham or another person. And of Isaac, they say, Isaac, by faith, he pronounced the blessing unto his son. I said, oh my God. This, this guy. But then I'm looking at Genesis 26. Genesis 26. And, and here I find something about Isaac who is drilling holes or digging wells. Now I need to tell you a little bit more about, about this guy. He is in a place where his father has left his own home country and all his father has been doing has been going around the place. And apparently his father Abraham must have been very, had very good engineers, water engineers amongst his camp. He had a servant who was really good at water engineering and knew where they should dig wells. And so they've dug a number of wells and, and that's his father has been digging. And then Isaac comes in verse 1 here. This, the Bible says, while he was in the land of the Philistines in Gerah, Abimelech, in the time of Abimelech, and, and the, the Bible says there was a big famine, there was a drought. 
terrible drought. And many people were leaving to go away to places where the drought was not so severe. And, and the Lord appears to Isaac. While Isaac, I'm sure Isaac was, was sitting down calculating like many of you when, when things are going, going so bad and in your home countries, those of you that left your home countries to come here, you will understand this. And then for the benefit of those of us that grew up here, um, um, these guys were calculating and saying, you know, things are not so good here. And they look on TV and they see some beautiful things that are going on in the Netherlands, for example, and they say, well, let's, let's go to the Netherlands. Right? And so they've come here. This is why a lot of people are drowning on the boats right now because they look on TV and they think money falls from trees in the <laughs> Netherlands. And then when they come here, they realize, oh my God, you've got to work. And, but but, but this, is, this is the typical case where he's thinking, maybe I need to go because many were leaving the land of the Philistines to going across to Egypt because there was just a little bit more rain. You could probably have a better life out there during this time of severe drought. And so while he is here in this moment, the Lord appears to him and says, do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land where I will tell you to live. Live in the land where I will tell you to live. And then while my, my father was talking about all the troubles about water, I said to him, Dad, should we be looking for you to leave the country and come somewhere else? And my dad says, I'm too old to live. If you can just help me get water, I'll just keep staying here. And that was quite a profound statement. I'm not, I'm still with you, right? Yes. He is more concerned to say, just get me water. If I can have clean water, I will manage the rest around me. Isaac is faced with a situation where there is no water in the land. Water is scarce. And yet God tells him, stay in this place. Stay in the places I will tell you to stay. And so, if you go to the next verse, and so... Go and go with this form. I, I will make your descendants numerous as the stars. I mean, people will live in this place because it's hard to live. And God is promising, I will increase you. Go to the next verse. Because Abraham obeyed me and kept my requirements, my commandments, my decrees, and my laws. This is the promise that God is now putting on Isaac because of Abraham. Now, jump with me to verse 18. So, the rest of the story between there is, is that Isaac stayed and God prospered him, made him reap a harvest, a rich harvest in the time of famine. It's a miracle on its own in that time. But while he has been prospered like this and has increased in the time of famine, Abimelech Abimelech begins to look and see what is Isaac doing. And here the Bible says that Isaac reopened the wells that had been dug in the time of his father Abraham, which the Philistines had stopped up or had covered up But Abraham, after Abraham died. And he gave them the same names his father had given them. Verse 19. And Isaac's servants digged or dug in the valley and discovered a well of fresh water there. So, so here is, is Isaac, and this is what, I, what I'm beginning to, to move towards, what I want you to take home today. It's not so much the story of my, of, of my father back in Zimbabwe struggling to get clean water, but it is, about, it is about the fact that in the midst of trouble, having water makes a difference. Amen. Amen. And, and here, water represents something that we all need. It, it represents something that enables us to keep surviving in the time of trouble. I was listening to the news last year where they were warning about, about the drought. Last year we had a, we had a terrible drought. And, and some of the dikes were beginning to get too dry. And, and they were saying we need to preserve those dikes. 
But more importantly, the water companies were now becoming more concerned that we now start to see that there's a higher level of contamination in the water that people have to drink because that contamination is seeping into levels where we are normally extracting our drinking water. So this is the concern that there are others. And so why are they worried? Because they start to say, if we have a lot of contamination in this water, some people will be affected by it. And it begins to, to be an issue of survival. And therefore they start to, to send messages around to say, preserve the water that we have. Why do we need to preserve the water? Because water is important for life. And, and I, I received even from the bank a little note about how to preserve water. And I was saying, what, why, what is the bank so concerned? What concerns Rabobank about this? Because water is also money. Amen. amen. Somebody say amen. 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 Water is also money. And we all need that money to answer various things in life. So the banks get involved. And, and so, so here, water is, is, is essential in that way. And, and to, the, to that extent that even here where we see water everywhere, people are concerned about the water we need to drink because that's the water that gives us life, not all the water that's flowing everywhere. Amen. And so God here is, has been has been providing to Isaac water in the midst of a drought. And this point is, is special in a turning point in that all along, all along the, the people of the Philistines have been watching Isaac, whom they have been pushed, who they have pushed out away from them because they're saying, Isaac, you're becoming too big. God is prospering you in the midst of, of hunger. In the midst of everybody else struggling, you, we seem to see you getting blessed. So what does Isaac start to do? Isaac starts to open up the wells again. Why? Because he's been pushed away from the place where he was prospering. So he now needs water to survive. Amen. Amen. And he is in a desert. You know, the, the Philistine place is desert. Uh, if you've ever been to the Middle East, you will know it's not a place with lots of water. And even if you do find water, it's hard to get. But Isaac does something. Verse 19 says, Isaac's servants dug in the valley and discovered a well of fresh water there. So they discover a well of fresh water there. And, and verse 20, go to verse 20. And the Philistines, the people of Gir, came to and began to fight Isaac and said, This water belongs to us. Why? Because this is our land. Like I tell you a story. Uh, one day I had a, I had a small accident outside, and 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 you know my my son opened the door and hit the car that was next next to us. And the lady came out of of this car. A young lady comes out of this car, and she is furious, furious. And 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 so I'm, 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 I want to come in to preach at this moment so and I, I'm, I'm keeping my cool because uh, thank you for praying for me as well <laughs> I'm keeping my cool but I'm thinking I need to go in and preach but she's furious so I'm trying to apologize but she will have none of it and, and so, it so turns out that she she is thinking she is thinking in her mind that this guy is is here on, on social welfare and he's driving this car, he's just abusing the system. And, and this is this is a whole rant. Huh? She's furious with me. And so she says, I'm gonna call the police. And I said, it's fine, call them, but I go in and preach, and when the police have come, I will come and talk to them. But I have to preach because people are waiting for me. And she, by the time I come back, the mother is also there. My my god, the mother was hotter than her. <laughs> furious with me. You have come into our land and now this is what you do. And remember, I've just, it's just, I've just hit the door of your car. It's not a big dent. Normally you can solve this by just signing the papers and sending them to the insurance company. Your car gets fixed. So then the police come and the policeman says to me, so what do you do? And I said, I'm an Ondazuka in Wageningen University. She changed completely. Because all along, she's been thinking I'm begging on the system. 
And now she starts to realize, oh, he's more learned than I am. And the police starts talking to me in a very dignified way. I mean, I've, I've just, I've just, completely different. She remembers she's screaming at me and saying, this foreigner and all kinds of things. And the policeman now starts talking to me in so much respect. And, and, and I felt like this situation of Isaac, where you're working so hard, you've been digging wells, and the people are, are closing you away. You're trying to integrate, the people are pushing you away. So, so I'm, I'm here, I'm thinking, what's going on? So the police then said to, to the lady, can you just go to his house tomorrow and fill in all the papers? So when she comes to my house, what does my wife do? Being her, she makes a nice cup of tea, cookie the bye, and, and, oh, oh. and she's sitting in the house looking. These people are treating me so nicely, yet I was, and at the end she says, can I just apologize? I said, oh, for sure. I was never your enemy. It was just a small accident. If you need any other help, you can come back. We ended up as, as talking in such friendly ways. Like you will see in the scripture. So I'm remembering all these things because I've been in the scripture. And, and, and this scripture, this scripture is, is what Isaac is experiencing. The headsman of the place where he says, this water is ours. Like this lady was saying, this is my country. And you have come into the yeah, yeah. I've not disputed that. But we just have a situation here. I'm, I'm, I believe God wants to help somebody in a situation. Amen. And so... The headsman chased them out, so he named the well Essek because they disputed with him. And what does he do? He goes away. Verse, verse 20. Verse 20, verse 20, verse 20, he's left. Verse 21. What do they do again? Then they dug another well. So, I'm, I'm thinking now, there were many wells that Abraham had dug. That these guys had filled again with sand, huh? And Isaac had come and opened them. When, these, when he had opened them, the people of Gerah came and said, Isaac, go away. So they took that water. When they came into the valley, he's dug another well. And what did, the what did they do? They come and said, this water also is ours. You should go away. And when they go away, then they dug another well. Everybody say another well. Another well. And again, what did they do? They came and quarreled also for that one. So he named it again another name. They've quarreled with me, Sitna. Go to verse 22. And he left that place. So all these wells, he has opened up several wells. He's dug two, they've taken them away from him. And verse 22, and he moved away from there. And what did he do? They dug another well. When I was reading the King James where it says he digged another well. <laughs> they dug another well. And at this time, no one quarreled over it. At this time, no one quarreled over it. And he named that place Rehoboth. And he said, for now the Lord has made room for us and we shall be fruitful in the land. Now he has dug a well, and nobody has fought with him. And he declares that place, and now God has made room for us, and we will flourish in the land. I want to speak to somebody and say, your faith must be like the faith of Isaac. Amen. Amen. Isaac has done nothing super flamboyant like Abraham. Or has done nothing extraordinary, but he's been doing something consistently. Amen. Amen. The thing that Isaac understood to do was that while I'm in the place that I am, I should be consistent with my God. I want to challenge us as children of God, as Christians, believers, who have, who have a faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That number one, you must choose for the Lord. Amen. Amen. You must choose for the Lord. Always. 
like Isaac. When God came to Isaac in, in verse 1 and says, Isaac, don't leave this place. Stay here. He chose to stay where God had said, you must stay. Amen. Amen. I, I am thinking, I'm thinking about somebody here who's about to make a move. Can you make sure that when you do make that move, it is a move that God has sanctioned. It is a move that God has blessed. It is a move that is with God. Amen. Amen. Because if you move alone without God, you may end up in trouble. But if you move with God, you can end up blessed like Isaac. If you stay, can you make sure that you stay where God is? If God is not there, then you better find where God is. Hallelujah. Because if you stay where the Lord is, you will be blessed like Isaac was blessed. Hallelujah. We need believers and Christians who understand that they must choose for the Lord. They must choose for Jesus. Hallelujah. If you choose for Jesus, Jesus is going to bless you. Now, I need you also to understand this. Choosing for Jesus does not mean that things will come to you on a silver platter. No. It does not mean that things will suddenly be all easy just because you're a born-again believer. How many born-again believers do I have in the house? How many people have an easy right because they are born again? No hands are going up either by commission or omission or by choice. But, but it illustrates for those that know that even if you are born again, tongue-talking, Holy Spirit-filled like me, it does not mean that challenges are not going to come to you. They will come. But as they will come, if you are with God, if God is on your side, who can be against you? If God is on your side, He will make sure that all things work together for the good, for those that love the Lord and are called according to His purpose and love Him. So choose for the Lord. Choose to be on the Lord's side. That's what Isaac chose. And that's what this church illustrates for us. Choose to be on the Lord. Amen. Amen. Isaac also shows us that it is important to obey God. Remember I told you that our faith is a total obedience to God. Our faith is a sign of our obedience to God. And Abraham, it was counted to him as righteousness because he obeyed God. Because he trusted in God. And not only did he say, I trust God, he followed the instructions of God. As a child of God, your faith must be seen and must be evident by your ability to follow the word of God. Amen. Amen. Isaac is an illustration of that. He follows God. He follows the Lord. Goes to live wherever God allowed him to have a place to live. And even though he had moved to one place, dug a well, they came and took away the water, pushed him away from that well. He went again, dug another one. And I want to say to somebody, when God is on your side, there will be things that will continue to show as a blessing in your life. Hallelujah. Even when people don't want you to succeed, you will still succeed because God is on your side. I need children of God to know that, that you carry a blessing. And this is why, this is why in the midst of the time that they were in, when Philistines, when the Philistine was struggling for water, there was one person who knew where to find water all the time. And I need to speak to a heart in this place that you are an answer. Hallelujah. You are an answer. Tell yourself I'm an answer. You are an answer to somebody's problem. Even when they will push you out, you are an answer. Amen. Amen. I want you to know and have it deep in your heart that I am an answer. Even when they don't support me, I am an answer. Hallelujah. The people of the Philistines, even though they didn't like what was happening, that Isaac continued to prosper and to increase and to grow, they realized that wherever he went, there was water. 
And so they could feed their cattle. That's why the headsmen, you see, you could have said, what's wrong with these headsmen? They knew that those guys know how to get water. They have a blessing. The blessings of God. I was telling you the other time that your testimony does not expire. Why? Because when God's hand is on you, his hand is on you. Hallelujah. It does not change where you are. When God's hand is on you, it remains on you. You have an ability to show the goodness of God wherever you are. And you must live like somebody who knows that I have God on my side. And, and also, faith keeps on digging. Told you my, my title was Faith Like a Digger. Faith keeps on digging. This was his faith. That even if they take this one away, I'll just go and dig again. If they take this one away, I'll just go and dig again. If they take this one away, I'll just go and dig again. And wherever I dig, I will get water. Everywhere he was digging, water came out. Everywhere he was putting his hand, water came out. When it was concerning Joshua, God says to Joshua, Joshua, my servant Moses is dead. You should go in into the promised land. And Joshua, wherever you will set your foot, I will give you the land. And so when Joshua was going in to fight, there were some tough battles. Jericho was a tough battle. Number one battle that they had to fight. Once they won, they went to Ai. Or Ai. And Ai was a very small nation, like the Netherlands, but it was big in a fight. And so it had to take God to fight for him, this small nation. And when he had conquered that, there were other nations that were strong. Like the nations at Jerusalem, what we know as Jerusalem today, upon that mountain. They were strong and they left them there and continued to fight other battles until Caleb one day said, now let's go take that mountain. And then so, but, but, wherever they set their foot and on the day that Joshua said to Caleb, let's go take the mountain and they went to war, Caleb leading because he wanted the mountain around Jerusalem. When he went there, they took the land. Why? Because God had said, Joshua, wherever you put a fight, step your foot, I will give you the place. And as far as Joshua was fighting, it was when Joshua was old and he said, well, now let me retire. That God came to Joshua and said, Joshua, you are thinking of retiring. You haven't set your foot on all the places I could have given you. And so you see the nation of Israel as we know it is, 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 is a place where it could have been bigger. If Joshua could have just continued going in because God had promised wherever you set your foot, I will cause you to conquer. God had promised Isaac that Isaac, I will bless you in the midst of the difficulty. And so Isaac knew that the way to be blessed in the time was to have water. And so wherever he was digging, God was blessed. I want to speak to somebody and say, whatever God has said to you, whatever God has promised in your life, can you just go ahead and do it? Hallelujah. Can you go ahead and put your hand to the worker? Can you go ahead and put your, your eye to the thing? Because whenever you will do it, you will get a blessing. Whenever you will do it, make progress. It may not look like progress. Digging a well is not a simple job. Like I told you the story of what had to be done at my parents' place. It's not simple. I was telling you that to illustrate, it's not simple. They had to eventually remove a whole hedge around the house to get in with their truck, messed up my mom's garden to, in order to get water. It's not simple. And when they hit a rock, the guy says to me, you need to top up some money. And I said to my parents, this sounds like cheating. And, and they said, no, no, we can explain. So explain to me, therefore. And they said, we hit a rock and we thought we were done. Then we hit another one and we saw, oh my God. And now we are down to 40 meters. The water is there, but we feel we need to go a little bit deeper. And I say, now you are charging me for every meter you go on from here. <laughs> Sounds like cheating. But the guy says, no, because of the stratification, we need to keep on digging. Hallelujah. Somebody say dig. Dig. We need to keep on digging so that you can have the water and the water can remain a blessing for you. And it was not just the digging that was a challenge. 
Because then he says, oh, because some places between the hard rock are soft. They were so easy to dig. We just went, woo. And then we hit the rock and said, woo, 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 woo. All these places we just went quickly through. We need to put extra casing to strengthen it. Otherwise, when you start pumping out the water, the rock might start collapsing and you will have no pole again. We will need to come back, remove your edges, start digging another place. So, so here I am. And I'm thinking, oh my God, now this is going to pull my faith to continue paying the money. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? I need to keep on digging and keep on drilling, keep on going down in order to get the blessing. So even when it is tough, we don't stop here because we know that there is water. And when we are there, we will be blessed. Hallelujah. When we are there, we will be blessed. I want to say to somebody, just keep on doing what you're doing. The message that God put on my heart was if God has given you a work to do, do it. If God has given you an instruction, follow it. Even if it looks tough, just keep on digging. Have the faith like a graver. Have the faith like a digger. Just keep on digging because when you are there, they will say you are blessed. Now here, go back to Genesis. Go back to Genesis 22, just where we were. I just want you to take, go to the next verse. Here, here is something. No, go back, go back, go back. Something just, just, just. He says, God has given us room and we will flourish in the land. This is a declaration. I want to say to somebody, when you strike a, a, a landmark, see, I call this a landmark. When you hit a target, you see, life is made up of steps. Like, so when you hit a target, you must celebrate it and declare the goodness of the Lord upon it. Hallelujah. Are you with me, people? Yeah. We need to learn to be able to speak in faith and declare things that are not as though they are. Because that is what our faith is about. It speaks into things that are not as though they are. So here he says, I've dug a well. Nobody has fought for this one. I'm not yet blessed, but God has given me room. And we will flourish in the land. Somebody say, I will. I will. I will. I will. Your faith must be like that of Isaac. That begins to declare. He's hard working. He's digging and digging and digging. Even when people take away things, he keeps on digging. Even when people are pushing him out, he keeps on digging. Even when people are saying, don't live with us, we don't like you, he keeps on digging. I know they say they don't like you. I know they say you look ugly, but keep on being who you are. The Lord is on your side. Hallelujah. Amen. I know your job is not the best of jobs. It doesn't matter. Do the job because it is honest. It is true. It is right. God will bless you while you are at it. Hallelujah. Amen. I was speaking to somebody who was saying to me, you would never know where I started. And I said, try me. So he started telling me where he started and where he is now. He says, when people see me going around now, they just think I got it. Man, I started cleaning toilets. When they see me coming to the pulpit and somebody comes with a towel to wipe my face, they think I just got there. I was cleaning toilets. They never called me to preach until one day, God, they were struggling with a demon. This is my bishop back home. They were struggling with a demon in church. And then the pastor said, ah, why are we struggling with a demon? I know there's a young boy who's cleaning toilets out there. He was not even in the service. He was cleaning and maintaining the toilets at the conference time. Go and call him from the toilets so that he can pray for this guy to be delivered. So whatever God has put in you, keep on doing it. And so from there, he prays for this guy. This man gets delivered. He went back to clean his toilet <laughs> until God lifted him up. Now he has a 5,000-seater church and has planted many other churches across Africa. And handed them over to other ministries. Because he says, it's not about me, it's about God. And he was telling, telling of, of a story in Uganda, in, in Rwanda. Oh, that's a lovely one. I'll tell the story one day. But he says, we went to preach. And, and, and many people, when they, I tell them these testimonies, they think I was trying to plant a church for me. No, we preached and we found somebody to hand over the church. Now it's a big church in Rwanda. 
But I started cleaning the toilets because I knew where God had said, I will bless you. I don't know what God has for you, whether it is in business, whether it is, it is in your career, whether it is in your ministry. I know there are some people here who have big visions for the Netherlands to see a turnaround in the nation. People being born again and saved. Yes, they will. I believe it too. But whatever, whatever is happening right now, no matter how dry spiritually it might appear, I want to challenge your heart and say, keep on digging. Amen. Amen. Have faith like a digger. Faith like a digger. Like the guy who was digging the, 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 the well at my parents' place. Says, I have hit a rock, but I'll keep on drilling. <laughs> I'll keep on drilling. Oh, I've hit a second rock, but I'll not stop here. I'll keep on drilling. Oh, I've got a breakthrough. I now see the water is coming out cleaner. But I'll not stop here until I have water. That is really the water we're looking for. So he keeps on digging. He keeps on going deeper. Keep on digging. Hallelujah. Keep on digging. Be like Isaac. So Isaac declares... Declare things into your life. He declares that we will flourish in the land. Verse 23. And from there he went to Bathsheba 24. And that night the Lord appeared and said to him. I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not be afraid. For I am with you. I will bless you. And will increase the number of your descendants. For the sake of my servant Abraham. Isaac built an altar there and called on the name of the Lord. There he pitched his tent and there his servants did what again? They dug another well. Keep on digging. Because the blessing will need more wells. This is what he understood. Are you with me church? He understood that the blessing will need more wells. He was already seeing the future. That's why he went back and said, my father had dug some wells. Let's open them up. While the people of the Philistines are enjoying them, Isaac is already thinking, when I become a big nation, they will need these wells. And so, when he's blessed by the Lord, the Bible says, his servants, what? They dug another well. And what did they do to the well? Go to the next verse. And when he had dug the well, Abimelech, Came, the king Abimelech came with his personal advisors, verse 27. And Isaac asked them, why have you come to me? You have been hostile to me and have been sending me away all this time. And they answered, we saw clearly that the Lord is with you. Does somebody have ears to hear? Yes. We saw clearly. How many wells had he dug by now? Four that he had dug in addition to the ones that he had opened. And now the people come and say, we saw clearly that the Lord was with you. And there we have come that let's have a treaty between us. Go to the next verse. That you will do us no harm. Even though we, have, we might have treated you a little bit bad, but we didn't really go all the way bad. <laughs> and now you are blessed by the Lord. I want to say to a child of God. Even when you are going through challenges, live through them so that you will come out and the people that look at you say, you are blessed. I can tell you the same, the same as my parents when I became a born again preacher. Preaching in buses, they, 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 they just didn't like that. They would have shut me down themselves. And, and they, they one time called all the elders of the family to sit me down. Say, please knock some sense into this boy. How can he be preaching to people on buses and streets and the like? Just preaching the gospel, loving the Lord. How can he be speaking in these tongues and, and the like? And I was, I was being persecuted. And, 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 you know, and it's worse when it is your own family that you think they should be proud that at least they have a son who doesn't gallivant and drink and bring all kinds of babies and women to the house. But, but here they are saying, shut up, stop your preaching, you are an embarrassment to the family. How can you? You know, that was what they were concerned about. And so, and so on the day that I got, that I, that I had my wedding, 
my father stands up in a nice brown suit and a nice top hat and said, I never understood what was happening, but now I know this young man is blessed. And when he visited us here, he says, I see your life is blessed. The same young boy who he wanted to shut down, stop preaching. Now, every time I talk to my dad, he talks, he talks like he's speaking in tongues. <laughs> because he understands the blessing. He understands the blessing. I want to challenge somebody that your faith, your faith. It did not take two years to convince him. It took him over 20 years to get there. Even my university professor here once made fun of me. But when I was graduating, he decided to host a big seminar and make me stand amongst his greats. And even acknowledged. You know, the university, the university had put a policy about not talking about your faith in your thesis. And for me, he said, put it in. Just, just, just also be wise. I know you will. But put it in, I will endorse it. The same man who had made fun of me four years earlier about being a child of God. Four years later, he knew and understood that there is a blessing with this young man. Amen. Are you with me, church? Amen. This is what our faith must do. Why? Because I kept digging on the place that God had said and instructed. Our faith must continue to dig. Digging in the sense that we must continue to do the work that God has called us to do. Continue to believe upon the God that has called us. Continue to trust upon the God that we profess and say we trust. Continue to look up to Him whom we say is our Savior. Amen. So keep on digging. Tell your neighbor, keep on digging. Keep on digging. Then Isaac made a feast, they ate and drank, verse 31. Early the next morning, the men swore to each other. They made peace with him. Verse 32. And that day Isaac's servants came and told him about a well. Another well that they had dug. And what did they say? We have found water. He didn't stop digging because now his enemies were at peace with him. You keep digging and doing what the Lord has called you to do. Isaac was a well digger, and he dug wells for the future generations that came back to live upon the land of the Philistines and took it as a possession because he had believed God and continued in the walk with God. I want you to stand with me. Romans chapter 4 verse 18 says of Abraham, who against hope believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able also to perform. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 23. Let us hold fast to the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promise. He is faithful that promise. I want you to pray for yourself. A prayer. As you've heard the word, I know there are places, this was what was in my heart. Some of us are at places where we think this is just too hard for me. But the Lord is saying, don't stop. Just dig another well. Dig another well. Dig another well. Like Isaac and his servants. Just dig another well. Dig another well. Dig another one. Just pray for yourself. Pray for yourself. He is faithful. He who promised. Lord, when am I going to see your promise? He says, I'm faithful. 
Just keep on digging. Have faith like a digger. He keeps on digging, knowing that one day he will strike the water. One day I will get water. The servants came back and they said, we've dug another well and we've found water. One day you will find that water and you will declare blessed. Oh, Rabo Shakaya. Keep on preaching the gospel. Keep on preaching the gospel. Say, Father, give me the strength to preach the gospel. Give me the strength to declare the word. Give me the strength to declare your word. Oh, God. Give me the strength, Lord, to declare your goodness. Or you will get. Sometimes your digging is just making another study. Do another study. And you will find the answer. Try again in your assignment and you will find the solution. Just give your marriage another chance. Oh, Rabo Shakaya. Sitaraba Shikaya Rama. Kuribaba Shakaya Ramata. Gonna try again something different. Unababa Shakaya Ramata. Muribabo Shakaya Ramata. Oh, Rabo Keep on, keep on, keep on. Let your faith be like the faith of Isaac. Let it rise right now. Lord, I pray for your church. I pray for your people. That Lord God Almighty, they will see Isaac, Lord, who soared in the time of famine, Almighty God. And Lord Jehovah would dug wells, oh God. And continue to dig even against opposition. He did not stop. I pray that such resilience and tenacity of holding to your word and holding to your promise will be in the hearts of your people. I pray, my God, that Jesus, your children will rise with that boldness, O oh Lord, and a heart that will not fail, and a mind that will not give up, a heart that will say, I will do it, I will step up. And try again one more time. I pray that God, they will rise over our moments of weakness and turn them to strength. Because they are blessed. Because they have you. And I pray that God, at the end, the testimony of their lives will be like that of Isaac. Whom they came and say, we see it clearly that you are blessed. I declare that will be the testimony of each life here, Lord, under the sound of my voice. Father, Lord, that theirs is a story that will speak volumes of the goodness of God. I declare it over them, Lord, that, Lord, in their studies, in their homes, in their workplace, in their businesses, in their relationships, and in their families, in their homes, that Lord God Almighty, they will be acknowledged as those that are blessed and they will have opportunity to point people to you because of those blessings. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus, that you died that we might have life and have it more abundantly. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.